Well, I have hit record and I have lines. everyone, you're listening to the Damn Fine TV Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jasmine. And I'm Mel's. And we are here with the third and final episode in our Best of TV in 2020 series, a series that just wouldn't have been complete without a visit from today's special guest, who is kind of the king of collabs in the podcast world. We are super thrilled to welcome Mike from Whack Brackets. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you guys for having me. This is a lot of fun. I love having other people on my show, but it's I actually enjoy being on other people's shows just as much or even more. It gets me out of my comfort zone. So this is <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully I don't ruin this episode for you like I ruined oh, a lot of my episodes. No but. way. No way. You're not going to ruin it. And hopefully you'll be as comfortable as possible. I don't want to push oh, you yeah. too far outside that zone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I honestly have no boundaries. If you've if <laughs> yes, you listened to my podcast, you know that. So. Oh my gosh. What's the most recent one I listened to? I think you were talking about uh, Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah. Oh, that wow. One, <laughs> that one got off the rail a little bit. Daniel's great. but That well, was a good one. It I enjoyed a it a lot. <laughs> well, so speaking of your show, I mean, I think some of our listeners will be familiar. I hope you all listened to our appearance on Whack Brackets, the special Halloween episode, but just in case people don't know, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Whack Brackets? All righty. Well, Whack Brackets is asking the burning questions you never knew you wanted answered until I asked them. I will bring on fellow podcasters and friends of the show, such as Mel's and Jasmine here, and we will just bracket off random things. Uh, for example, I'll give you a quick example of what a, white, what a Whack yes. Bracket may look like. Let's imagine that I had a podcaster Whack Bracket. And in the first round, I put you guys against the center cut. Okay. And oh. it would be more likely to say something very embarrassing and, and freak people out. It's probably the center cut guys. No They're going to win. They're going to win. <laughs> They're going to win. Especially yeah. Michael. He wins. So so then, sadly, I would have to eliminate you guys, which would break my heart. But then if you take them on to the next round and you pit them against uh, me, for instance, white brackets, and you say, um, more likely to not have any friends after your podcast, did, should go either way. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, I feel like often the losers actually win on your show. Like it's a weird twist yeah. like that, you know? It's a thing. <laughs> well, and so it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. I feel like when we were on your show, we kind of joked around that you maybe started Whack Brackets because you wanted to finally win an argument because you could never win an <laughs> argument with your wife. So, I mean, wrong. tell us the truth. Is that the truth behind Whack Brackets or where did this idea come from? How did it get started? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> honestly, it was one of those things where I was trying to come up with an idea for a podcast. And I've had a couple of great people on from uh, Phil and Nadia's Unreal Prognosis. And I was thinking along those lines, honestly, that's why I've reached out to them and they're great guys and gals. But I was kind of wanting a random variable in a podcast. And then I found their podcast. I was like, well, I can't do that. They've already done it. And so I was like, I need something still kind of random. So the whole bracketing tropes overdone. And I think I was on, I've been talking to people and they're like, oh, let's do a bracket podcast. I was like, that sounds boring. You already know who's <laughs> going to win. So it's like, let's change the questions and make the question stupid. 
And of course, they didn't want to be on that with me. So I ended up just doing it myself. (laughs) But you did the first episode or so with your wife, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, the first three, I think I did with my wife and my my daughters. Uh, The first episode, I think, was my stepdaughter. And then I think the next two episodes were with my daughter. And I think my wife was in both of those. And then at that point, I think that their interest was waning. And I was approached, actually, by Kells from the Culture Marauders. And he was like, hey, if you ever want to be on your podcast, I was like, sure, let's try this. And I just started posting out on the Instagrams. And sure enough, I think the guys from the Center Cut reached out. And I was like, this is a lot of fun. So I just kind of rebranded my mission to be a goofy interview podcast as much as anything. Get people like you guys out of your comfort zones. That's what I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Well, I love the concept of your show. And I mean, that's kind of why I called you the king of collabs in the podcast world, because you've just had so many fantastic guests on your show. And it is kind yeah. of like an interview thing, but in a in like a roundabout way, I guess. Yeah, you get to learn a lot about people. And yeah. the thing I do is... I do vet all the podcasters before I have them on. And I've been very fortunate. I've not had one bad podcaster on my show yet. And everybody's been interesting. Everybody's been funny. There's not been any gross disagreements. And it's it's just a lot of fun when you get to meet new people, especially in, in these times, and to get to make <laughs> a lot of new friends and really just learn things about people you never knew and just meet new personalities. I'm having a blast doing it. So Oh, that's awesome. Keep doing it until they throw me off the the waves. No, never. (laughs) Never. (laughs) No. All right. Well, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your show? Because I tend to forget by the end of the episode that I should ask you that kind of thing. So just do it now while we're thinking of it. (laughs) All righty. Well, you can find my show on just about any place good and notably bad podcast are served. Of course, the Apples and the Spotify's and the Breakers and, and the Stitchers and all that whatnot. And if you want to reach out to me, you can do that on the Instagrams and the tweeters at Whack Brackets and the Facebooks, which I don't mess with. And then finally, if you get really ambitious, you can send me an email to anything at Whack Brackets. And people think I'm joking at this, but if you send me an email to, let me think of something, TV at whackbrackets.com, <laughs> I will get that email. So yeah, send, send an email, make the address funny. I can't think of anything funny off the top of my head because I'm not as clever as I usually am this morning. But yeah, send me anything at whitebrackets.com. Tell me what we got right and wrong in episodes. Go check out these guys' episodes or these guys' episode. We've got another one we're going to record after this. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Check me out anywhere podcasts are served. That's about it. So someone can put in butthead at whitebrackets.com oh, yeah. <laughs> and it'll come to you? Yeah, you could actually say Mike is a butthead at whitebrackets.com <laughs> and that would come to me. Whoa, soon. sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep my language at least somewhat in check on your podcast because as oh. has well been documented on Whack Brackets, I go a little overboard. So I don't mind pushing the envelope for you guys, but at the same time, I don't want you guys to get off the episode and be like, that was too much. No way. We would never. <laughs> no, you can definitely curse on this show. You can definitely get a little dirty, a little raunchy. We're okay. here for it. Yeah. All right. No Elmo conversations on your show, though, I promise. <laughs> well, only because I just think that everyone should go and listen to that episode and hear it for yeah. themselves. Like, we don't need to recreate such genius over here. You know, it already exists. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you for all the support and all the kind words. Oh, of course. All right. Well, before we dive into our best shows of 2020, we wanted to ask you, Mike, what is your first ever favorite TV show? 
Uh, you know what? The funny thing is, is I misread when you asked this and I was going to tell you what my favorite show was. And I'm at least going to throw out a you couple of those. You can tell us both, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I won't yeah. I won't elaborate on them. Of course, Justify is probably Justified. Sorry, is one of my favorite shows of all time. But the one I was going to mention on this one was Patriot, which gets absolutely no love. And it's a great show on Amazon Prime. It's two seasons. It's genius work. So check that out. So okay. that's my plug for Patriot. But cool. as far as my favorite show... My first favorite show, I was going to say originally Lost in Space with uh, the robot that has his arms. I just like, I always, I would show a visual of this and I'll show you between episodes, but I do a robot <laughs> impersonation that would take oh, about five okay. minutes to get in character for. But I don't remember a lot about the show. It was a space show, et cetera. But the one I could probably opine on was around the Lost in Space time. And that was Scooby-Doo, which I think is almost everybody's favorite show of my era. That's cool. Uh, I like little, that. Being a little older than than you ladies, I am uh, 49. I'll be 50. So the thing was about Scooby-Doo that made it so great was back in, back in my day, um, <laughs> people couldn't stream and get, get cartoons or videos kind of a la carte. So we had to wait for them to come on TV. There was really no cable TV. So there's only three stations or four stations. There was a local station. But then they would get syndicated versions of Scooby-Doo on the local station. So during the week, we ha- would have to wait until the weekend to get our cartoon fix in the morning. Yeah. But if it was syndicated, you could get it right after school. And Scooby-Doo was one of those that was syndicated. So obviously, it was the first one I kind of gravitated to because it was great. It's hard to say bad things about Scooby-Doo. and uh, You would get, just get some of the dumbest episodes like the <laughs> Scooby-Doo with the Harlem Globe Trotters. And, yeah. Uh, it, it was just... It was a lot of fun. It was the first cartoon that I really fell in love with, I think, and went to Kings Island. Not that you guys know what that is, but it's a theme park around Ohio. And they had a Hanna-Barbera land. And so you would see all of the, all the Hanna-Barbera cartoon people. And of course, Scooby-Doo had a ride and I just like loved the thing. And so, yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. To be specifically Hanna-Barbera. Like, that's awesome. I like a lot of those characters. Oh, they're great. And especially those older ones are the the fun ones. Are you guys familiar with the Laugh Olympics? No. No. Oh, you need to check out the Laugh Olympics. I think they're all Hanna-Barbera characters. But what the Laugh Olympics was, was they would take Yogi Bear and they would take Scooby-Doo and forget the other guy's name. But long story short is they put them up against each other in kind of the Olympics. And they would have different characters. And it was... It was wild. It was like a crossover crossover episode. It was like the first crossover I remember was seeing the Laugh Olympics. You're like, what is Scooby-Doo doing on the street with Yogi Bear? And he's with the guys from the Clue Club. And oh my God, they're on the same team. It was just crazy to me. So those those early cartoons, I think, and I mention this on my show sometimes, I think that kids grow up faster today. Mm. And I think that I grew up a lot slower. I would probably need social developing to this day. But the thing is about the... The thing when you were a kid, you didn't have a lot of electronics. Everything was very hands-on and cartoons. I probably enjoyed cartoons longer than I should have. So there were years where cartoons were kind of my out and you don't have the TikToks and the YouTubes and the ability to go out and look at these crazy viral videos the kids do now. It was just cartoons. And if you missed the five seconds of a cartoon, you missed it. You didn't get to rewind it. You had to wait until it was run again. So so yeah, I think cartoons in general, the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, but particularly Scooby-Doo was probably the one that I recall being my favorite. 
I love that you say Scooby-Doo because I have a sister that's your age and uh-huh. um, Scooby-Doo, obviously it came out a little before I was born, but because I have a sister that's your age, mm-hmm. I watched all of the original Scooby-Doo's with her oh, yeah. and Aww. it's just funny because it comes full circle because we were looking, I have a five-year-old and mm-hmm. we were looking for a new like little movie to watch on a Friday night. And they just came out with Scoob, which I is a Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. Um, and he loves that movie. He loves Scooby-Doo. And I said, you know what? I'm going to introduce him to Scooby-Doo. And even though, but it, it holds up and I love it. And he now is in love with Scooby-Doo. And Good. everything is about Scooby-Doo now. And <laughs> It just makes my heart full. So when you said Scooby-Doo, I was like, yes, this is, I, I, I'm here for this. I'm totally on this ride. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. And what I love about Scooby-Doo, I just have to throw this in here is that even as an adult rewatching it, I still can't put the clues together to figure out who <laughs> did something. And I just um, always thought because I was so young that that's yeah. why I couldn't put it together. But I'm like, okay, now I'm a distinguished adult and I can <laughs> figure all of these out. And like, even you get to the end of the episode, it's like, oh, man, Withers. And you're like, I never saw that coming. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love this. It's still a great mystery show for you. Well, yes. Yep. Daphne drops all her knowledge. And I'm like, wow, I still missed all of that. And I am an, I'm an old lady. <laughs> so, okay. Now, now I've got to interrupt you for a second because I think it's humorous to me or at least it's interesting to me that you guys break down shows like Lovecraft Country and The Haunting. <laughs> And you can't solve a Scooby-Doo mystery. I know. Tell me about it. This is my life. I live it every day. Like just (laughs) random times during the day for some reason, like all of a sudden I'll be like, now how did she figure that clue out? Because I still like, and I I try to find certain episodes that they pop in my mind, especially now that, you know, my five-year-old likes it. I'm like, we're going to watch the one at the theme park because um, I know it's your favorite and he's just looking at me like, lady, what are you talking about? And really it's because like during the day I've been like, uh-uh, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this again and I'm going to watch really closely for these clues and it still gets me. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> well, it sounds like we need to start a podcast about the Scooby-Doo adventures. Oh my God. I mean, I, I feel, would love it. I feel like Mel's, you might've just retroactively won us that whack bracket between us and the center cut about who would uh, cop to That's something true. embarrassing. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, listen, I don't mind. T- I will air my dirty laundry. I don't mind it. <laughs> Oh, and I yeah. love it. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that was a great pick. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it is great. And I'll tell you what the amazing thing in hindsight is the villains in the show don't get nearly enough credit for creating such realistic outfits that would actually scare people and confuse <laughs> people. And they'll they'll put, pull off a head of a monster and... Think about if this is real life. They would really have to have something that looked realistic because if somebody's running around with a Frankenstein mask, you're not scared of them. Right. right. Quite amazing. Yeah. I still don't know. I don't know how they stumble across so much stuff, but that's for a different day. I'm, yeah, I won't, that, 
Woo, I could go on all day about Scooby-Doo. I'll tell you, know, you that right I think, now. I think the three of us have spent the most time talking about Scooby-Doo because that was part of one of the questions on the episode that we were on. It was like the final question, uh, awesome. like I least, I think it was gang. least likely to get busted by Scooby-Doo. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Or the Scooby-Doo Forgot gang. That. Yeah. So I, yeah. I feel like that's our shtick now is just Scooby-Doo. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. I will save you from us singing. Oh, come on! I love a good song. I love a good. Song. Uh, let me see if I can remember it. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. I, I can't Woo! remember it all. That was great, Thank you. Mike. Yeah, for a guy and that can't sing well, show. I sing way thank too you much. So much. <laughs> yes, thank you for joining us today. Well, nobody's going to listen to anything after that because they're like, this guy sucks. No, so hopefully, no way. No way. Hopefully they fast forwarded past that part to get to the, the meat and taters of the show. <laughs> listen, my fiance knows how to put in like inserts and stuff. He'll really like auto tune your voice. He'll zhuzh it up. Ooh. He'll put in some undertracks or whatever you call them. I don't know, nice. but it will we'll so, make I you sound, sound like good. Britney Spears when it's yes, all done. Yes, that's right. Great. Yeah. I will not dress like Britney Spears. Nobody needs that kind of drama in their oh, life. Oh, man. That was going to be Shucks. my next question. Was yeah. can we get a Britney outfit? No. Oh, baby, baby. There we go. That's all, that's all you get. That's all you get. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was one of my favorite moments of 2020. But now we should talk about our favorite TV of 2020. Melz, you want to kick us off? I sure do. And I want to kick us off with a show that I fell in love with. I couldn't get enough of it. Um, left us with a cliffhanger and then Netflix canceled it. And I have Fucking never Netflix. been I have never been so pissed in my life at Netflix. Not pissed enough that I'm going to cancel it because nope. I rely <laughs> on it way too much. But bad enough for me to shake my hand at them like I am old man withers. You know, like you pesky kids. But I want to talk about I am not okay with this. And I originally started to watch it because it had two stars of the It uh, remake or reboot franchise in it. Um, And that quickly went to the back of my mind because now when I see those two actors, I don't even think of It. I think of I Am Not Okay With This. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I know. That's a bit that's a big confession yeah. for me. That's a big confession for me. Um, we all know how much I love Stephen King, and that's that's for another day as well. But what I loved about this show was that it is a graphic novel. Um, so it was adapted from that, and I think they did a really good job. I did not read the graphic novels while I was binging the show because I wanted to get through that medium before I consumed it in a different way. I thought they did a great job adapting it. Um, And honestly, the storyline, just this, this teenage girl who is figuring herself out. um, She's got a really hard, you know, life, like home life. It's not that great. Her dad's no longer with them. Um, just things like that. And then just being in high school and trying to figure out who you are. And then does she also have a little twinge of something supernatural in her? And that just, I mean, the first episode, they were only 30 minutes and, but it hooked me right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I raved and raved and raved about this to Jasmine. And then she picked it up and she was like, wow, 
<laughs> I can't like <laughs> thank you. For we gotta talk about this, this on the show. Yes. And I have to say there are not many things in 2020 that I consumed more than once, but I did <laughs> watch this show about four times in 2020. Um, just because I, I every time you rewatch it, there's just a little small something that you missed the time before. And it just helps develop that story even more. So if you have not checked out, I am not okay with this, please do it. You will be disappointed because they canceled <laughs> it. And it it was left on a cliffhanger, yeah. like I said. But that is one of my favorite shows of 2020, hands down, like shoot, score, fireworks, the whole thing. Blew you out the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, I haven't heard of this show, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stream uh, this one. It's so it is, easy to get through as well. I mean, not yeah. only is it exciting and engaging, but like Mel's was saying, the episodes are nice and quick, so the season goes by like that, honestly. And okay, you know, great. Mel's, when you were talking about it, you were saying all these things like, okay, it's a teenager trying to find her way. Maybe she's got these supernatural abilities. You know, there's some family stuff going on. All of those themes are like not new, but the way that show packages everything and delivers it to you feels really fresh. And I do wonder, like, I mean, Sophia Lillis is amazing. I always forget the name of the actor who was also in It playing her friend. Oh, his name is... um, Stanley, I know, but... Yeah, sorry. Give me just a moment. That's the actor, yeah. Well, while Mel's uh, looks that up, what I mean, uh, like Sophia Lillis is great. He is great. The cast is amazing. But there's just something about the way that they put it all together that made it feel not just another recreation of like a superhero kind of story or just a supernatural kind of story. Like it just all felt and maybe some of that has to do with the episode timing too. like the fact that you can't there's just no room for any filler because everything is so quick and and paced so well. It's just, it was such a fun show, but it had a lot of heart too. Yeah. So his name is Wyatt Olaf. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, Stanley might've been my favorite character just because of how quirky he was and everything. And I also have to say the music, in this show. Yes, so true. Like send you. It it was amazing. Anything from the Pixies to Rick Springfield. I mean, it's a wide variety of music and it and just I don't know. Like I it's hard for me to almost explain what the music will do to you also with the show because they just, I don't know. They just did an amazing job putting putting the music to the show as well. And it it's going to always be one of my all-time favorite shows regardless, but definitely of 2020. Yeah, it's so sad that it got canceled. And I mean, I know, I know. that that's been Netflix's MO this year pretty much is to cancel so much of, of their original content, which is I, I don't know how much that's a reflection of COVID or anything like that, but it, it's it been kind of a brutal year. But yeah, you're so yeah. right about the music. It just fits so nicely with everything. And I was kind of thinking it's similar to Umbrella Academy, but mm-hmm. where Umbrella mm-hmm. Academy kind of like finds the line and then like fucking dives over it. 
because they just go like so far with their music and like it's still fun, but there's one too many fight scene songs that just is too <laughs> cutesy, you know, whereas the song I think knows or the song, the show knows when to reel itself in a little better. Yeah. And and I think the music yeah. pops more for that reason. I agree. I agree. Oh, man, I'm getting okay. First of all, I'm getting a little weepy because it was canceled. But then I'm also getting a little excited because I'm like, maybe I'll take a moment from speed reading and I'll, I might actually speed watch or speed binge this show again because it's just that great. It is. It's worthy of rewatches for sure. Yeah. And there's some really yeah. like holy shit, what the fuck moments. Like, I know you and I were texting, like, as I was going through the first time, that especially that one moment that I'm not going to say, but holy shit. Yeah. Mike, you definitely got to check it out. I love a show that I can stream because a show that you can get into for especially two seasons because I know you wouldn't know it, but I do try to work out every day. And as (laughs) such, I try to get on my elliptical machine and having a show that you can, you can get in and just stream the whole thing. I try not to watch shows outside of my workout routine because that motivates me. Otherwise I wouldn't work out and I just Mm, sit around and watch shows all day. Gotcha. So, but you had these uh, 20 and 30 minute shows. It's really nice when you can package one of those with a 40 minute show. That way you get the entire workout. So you're like, I got my 40 minute show. I got my 20 minute show. And then it gives you a perfect hour to work out. So yeah. Yeah. And Really, I've found a show. I won't I won't hijack this show, but you may want to check out the show Wayne on Amazon. Okay, well tell I've us more. Things about that. Yeah. yeah, I won't I won't talk too much about it because it's it's really good, but it's also similar in ways. It's kind of a coming of age story and okay. there's a lot of drama. So so yeah, but it's a 20 or 30 minute show. They only have one season. It has been renewed for a second season. So you should get a second season out of it. It's a little goofy, but it's also very heartfelt in a lot of ways. I think they do a really good job because I think the premise is goofy enough. Uh, Pretty much this guy, this young boy has to travel to Florida because he's trying to recover a Trans Am that his dad was going to give him for his 16th birthday, but his dad ended up getting it taken away by another, by his ex-wife. Okay. He's going to go down try to recover the Trans Am. His father dies. And then he ends up spending the whole episode trying to get there. But there's a lot, I think that if you look at the premise, you're like, this doesn't sound very interesting, but they do a very good job of making you actually care about this kid and yeah. kind of what's going on. And they have a lot of peripheral characters that that make it. It's fun. You, I enjoyed it. It's goofy. It's definitely goofy. The guy that is in the the Mayhem commercials, I think from whatever, is that Allstate? You know, Maybe. Allstate, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's one of the characters in it and he almost plays himself in a way. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> okay. so it's it's a great show. I won't pine too much on it. But yeah, I check that it. out, girls. You, you may enjoy that. You know, you just got me thinking this is my formal plea for Amazon to pick up. I am not OK with this. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon, come through, please. <laughs> I yeah, I, I just actually tried to look up if they're shopping it around anywhere talking about I am not okay with this, but I don't see any news. So no, maybe they've no. let it go. But I was also trying to find out because uh, I know that there were like, it's the graphic novel is either done by the same person or the showrunners were the same people, but it's got some link to end of the fucking world as well oh, as yes. maybe stranger things or something. It's like okay. a, and it's not quite a crossover of the two, but you can definitely feel the, yeah, the themes, the new, the the DNA of those shows, like kind of working their way in. So, yes, yes, for sure. 
All right. Well, that was a great pick, Mel's. I'm so glad. It feels like forever since we talked about that show because I feel like it was back in February. So I think it was February. Yeah. And then speaking of which, Mike, I feel like your first show was airing back in February of this year. It was. It was. And I hate to pick the one that everybody pretty much goes with, but I'm going to do that because I'm not very No, you go for it. This show is great. Uh, It's, of course, Better Call Saul. Yeah. And the thing about Better Call Saul that's great is it's a slow burn show. I love shows that can be slow and fast at the same time. It, It can take episodes for things to resolve. But I think initially people thought this was going to be almost a comedy because it's Mm -hmm. based off of uh, Breaking Bad, of course. And it's a prequel to Breaking Bad, for those of you that don't know. And Bob Odenkirk, of course, does a fabulous job. But really, I don't even consider him the MVP of the show. I don't know the actors. I think it's Rhea Seahorn. Yes, Kim Kim fucking Wexler. (laughs) Yeah, she's totally the MVP of the show. And yep. I think the testament to how good the show is, is it's getting a sixth season, which is more than Breaking Bad had. Yeah. And I was actually glad when Breaking Bad wrapped after the fifth season because shows like Breaking Bad and Dexter, they paint themselves into such a corner sometimes that they have to get more extreme and they have to unwind in these crazy ways. It starts feeling really unrealistic. And I thought they did a great job stopping after season five because to me even breaking bad was getting unwatch i won't say unwatchable but i was like okay this is too much whereas better call saw the end of its road yeah but better call saw is now at the end of season five about ready to paint itself into that corner and i think they're only going to have one season left but they're, they haven't so, gone yeah. as extreme as breaking bad did for instance so i think they've done a very good job of a slow burn of a show that gets you interested in the characters. And I think the testament to how good it is, is the fact that I watch it and I don't even think about Breaking Bad. I don't think of his Mm-mm. character, Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad. Cause he's almost, he's primarily comedic fodder in a lot of that until he really starts going off the rails. But this of course, without giving too much away, as I think most people know, this is his spiral into doing things that are unsavory for clients. And it's really done a good job of, of making you care about him as well as all the characters. Oh, yeah. Big time agree with so much of that. So this was also one of my picks. And I was going to say, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I love Better Call Saul way more than Breaking Bad. So do I, I. think it's the better show. And I mm-hmm. don't know if that's just because the team behind it, they had their time on Breaking Bad. And so they've grown as writers and showrunners and directors. And now they're just putting together a better all around show because they've had that time, right? I would say this, and I, not to interrupt you, but I think no, with Breaking it. Bad, it's kind of a similar concept of person starts here and they end up here, of course. Yes. But the difference is, is that, of course, with Walter White, he is doing things that are so notably and obviously illegal that puts him on the radar of the cops as well as drug dealers, etc. Where Saul, Saul is more of a... He's doing it from a legal perspective. So in that, I think you get the opportunity to develop the ambiguity better of the character. Is this morally correct? Is it not morally correct? Sure, he's doing it somewhat for money, but also like you see with him and he and Kim, sometimes they're just doing it for for jollies. And they're they're kind of these complicated characters where Walter White's character, I didn't, it was a great show. I'm not taking anything away from it. No, it's still a fantastic show. Yeah. But I do think the character development in Better Call Saul is so much better because they develop the characters to a level where in 
Breaking Bad, we know without spoiling it for anything. Of course, Walter's a drug dealer. You have Jesse, the likable guy, and, and then you have the wife who's the bitch. And that's it. And Gus Fring, of course, and a few other, but this with Better Call Saul, it's an entire network of those characters like Mike Ehrmantraut. You get to see, I think they show early on that he isn't a great guy, but he's has a moral compass. And then you start seeing in the show where he's not as friendly at times. He's, he's kind of started getting upset and angry. And I think you, they're doing a great job of, of just developing characters much better than Breaking Bad. And I think the storyline's more realistic, I'd say. I completely agree. And to go back to your point about Skylar being a bitch, you're 100% correct, but they they wrote her so terribly in that show. Yeah. And right. I always just felt so bad for her because they really wrote her to be the person that was like, oh, well, she's against Walt. So everybody's going to fucking yeah. hate her. And she's the nag bitch yeah. wife. And it like that sucks. And I just think that with this character of Kim, she's not completely a good person. She has a lot oh, of no. complexities. There's a lot of gray area there. And yet she's not a bitch. Like she's no. just a fully realized 3D nuanced person. And I that's a big part of the reason that I like this show a lot better is because I just like kind of what I was saying before. I just think that they've grown so much as writers yeah. and they're just doing a better job developing these people. And, you know, like you're saying, bringing us a more realistic storyline. Yeah. But yeah. And I think you're right. You're 100 percent on to to I think the thing that I didn't uh, verbalize as well is the fact that you have to have a reason almost to like Walter White to keep with mm. the show because yeah, he Skyler's the bitch. And of course at the end, I won't spoil it, but you get some more redemption. But at the end of the yeah. day, Skyler is kind of that hammer to the head that continues to say, you have to like Walt because see, see you like Walt because you like her less. Whereas Kim and yeah, Kim and Saul are just always, they feed off of one another. They're almost a spiral down a drain that you can see where one of them leads the other one and leads. Sometimes they'll pull back, especially Kim, but then sometimes she's all in. And it's oh, yeah. just this kind of moral degradation that you see them take that they always had, but now they have more reason to do it. And then you also get to see Kim, unlike Skylar, it always felt like she was she wasn't, like you said, as well fleshed out. But Kim, especially in this last season, season five that we're talking about, she's as involved and more involved in the actual, at, especially with, uh, I will mention the name Lalo without giving too much away, but there's especially a scene where her and Saul and Lalo are just, Lalo's a great character too. And that's the thing, you see so much character development in here. And I do think that everybody's gray in the show. You like them. You don't like them. Whereas in Breaking Bad, it was, I like that guy. I don't like that guy. Yes. Jesse's the good guy. I know that. Walt's the bad guy, but is he the bad guy? Because he's trying to help his family, but his wife's the bad guy. So I agree hundred percent with you. Yeah. And it's funny you bring up Lalo because he was on my list to talk about here. And for <laughs> one of, for, a, for kind of a reason that you just outlined, like I did, I don't like Lalo, but he's an amazing character. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's that discrepancy where on Breaking Bad, there were characters I just didn't like and I just didn't care about. Right. But I still care about yeah. Lalo, even though I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You're fucking with Nacho and I don't like this. And <laughs> But he's so I mean, that episode with Kim, the like the confrontation with Kim, Jimmy, Lalo. Oh, my yeah. God. And then like going yeah. back to something you said before, a show that can be so slow and yet so fast at the same time. I... I will constantly find myself like I'll, I'll be watching the show and realize that I haven't been breathing 
and I need to like fucking just yeah. inhale some air. And I'm watching a montage of Kim and Jimmy doing paperwork, but it's so <laughs> intense. Like they just make it, they really raise the stakes in a way that you wouldn't think is possible with just like some clerical work. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I agree with you 100%. As far as my favorite shows, particularly of 2020, I think it's one of those shows, again, that I forget how much I like it yes. when it's not on. But when I'm watching it, it, I will watch it over anything. Absolutely. I When I was putting together my list for these, like for this series of shows, And I was looking at my calendar of what I've watched this year and there was Better Call Saul. And I was like, no, that was last year. That was not this year. That feels like it was 100 years ago. So the fact that I think as I'm pairing my list down and deciding on just six shows, the fact that it still makes it to those top six, I think that says something for the fact that I forgot it even aired this year. And yet here I am talking about it and singing its praises. So. Well, well, let's be honest. Everything that happened, the pre-COVIDs and the post-COVIDs, it feels (laughs) like a lifetime. Exactly. I think that's part of the issue is that I've just totally forgotten what life was like before. And and anything that happened just seems, yeah, like a lifetime ago. But uh, I'm just going through my notes here to see if there's anything else I wanted to bring up about Saul. Yeah, no, I think I think we touched on all the points. Maybe just, oh, the episode with Mike and Jimmy in the desert. That's another one of those episodes that's just, I mean, really nothing is happening, but it feels like so much is at stake. I loved and hated that episode at the same time. Oh, why did, what's the hate? I I love, the hate was the way it made me feel. It was was exhausting to watch. It was a great episode. So it's not that they, the writers did exactly what they intended to do, uh, but that was the problem. They intended to take you on that ride and they took you on that ride. And by the end, you just, you felt exhausted and, and during the time, just helpless and upset. And it was such a, there's a show. I don't know if you're familiar with it called shoot. It was a showtime show. I'm going to say better off dead, but that's not true. Um, Long story short, it was mortuary. Does sound familiar, vaguely familiar. Six feet Mm -hmm. under. Six feet under. That's it. There was a, yeah, I I gave a totally wrong description. I don't, it's better off dead. Sure. That's a John Cusack movie. Don't you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But no, Six Feet Under, where there was an yeah. episode, I can't remember which season it was, but uh, Dexter's character, I don't even remember the names. <laughs> Dexter's character ends up being in a really bad situation the entire show. And it was very similar in that it was so uncomfortable to watch. But when the writer is doing a great job of putting you in a situation that is uncomfortable, but understandably so that you can get to the depth of the yeah. character better and what they're experiencing. It's un, it's not fun to watch at the time, but it's so great to watch, I think. Yeah, totally agree. I think they did exactly exactly what they were supposed to be doing in that moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, but I'm I'm super looking forward to the sixth and final season. It's uh yeah. it, it finally feels like the two worlds are kind of coming together, like the Mike world and the Jimmy world. Like not that they haven't crossed over at this point, but they're just feel they just feel really enmeshed now. So I'm excited yeah. to see how that all kind of shakes out. Well, I totally agree. It's uh, yeah, they've they've run so many. I think that is the interesting thing here too. It's almost a couple of shows. Yeah, because the the worlds over, of course, they overlap, but there's a lot going on in everybody's world. Yes, and you're getting a, a very detailed and a very full experience out of the entire show. Yeah, I agree. 
And it's never bothered me. I know the show has gotten a lot of hate because they would say like, oh, well, it's it is the Saul show and then it's the Mike show. And there's nothing about that that like they just don't work together. People felt like they just didn't come mm-hmm. together. And I've always disagreed. And in fact, I've felt the separation between those two sides. But I almost enjoy that, like almost like a two for one kind of deal in a way. And yet yeah. they still felt of a piece. I don't know. You know, I think that that's. I would say this from the perspective of dislike for that is so much of the world's they do they do run parallel sometimes without overlapping but to get them to overlap you have to build the character yes. and that's what Saul the show better call Saul does is it builds the character it doesn't just throw Mike in there and go well Mike's the way he is kind of like Breaking Bad did with you know with the wife so you get that kind of full experience on, oh, now I understand why Mike is this way. Oh, I understand why Saul is this way. But if you throw them in together all the time, it, it just mucks the waters without, yeah. without adding the flavor you need. Yes, I agree. Well, Melz, I hope we didn't spoil that season too much for you. I know you're not caught up no. yet. No, it's good. I mean, I'm not caught up yet, and it's not going to deter me from catching up and everything. So I I think we've, you know, we've had a dry spell on some TV. So it's time for me to get, (laughs) get out my better call Saul boots and put them back on. (laughs) Better call Saul boots. Can I see those boots? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you after the show. (laughs) All right. Great. You need your better call Saul boots and your Kim Wexler ponytail and you'll be all ready to go. I yeah. got, I got get the ponytail down pretty well. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, ponytail goals, honestly. Yes. Yeah, Kim's right. great. Oh. She is my. She's probably my favorite character on television right now. She's, she's, she's fantastic. Fabulous. Yeah. They need a spinoff of her after this. So agree. So agree. Because I'm assuming like, she. Right. Because I'm like die. nail biting, wondering if she's going to make it through. Like, is she? Is it is it the loss of her that pushes Jimmy over the edge? Is it what is it like? I know it's very exciting. All right. Well, Mel's what's next on your list? So the next show I want to talk about is one that we covered. And I know, Jasmine, that you love it just as much as I do. So this will be good because we can just, you know, I guess do another little mini recap of it. And and obviously, Our listeners would have already known that we have such a love for this, but it is The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yes. Um, I have to first start off by saying this is normally not my bag. And I know that I love Stephen King and I love like everything horror and supernatural, but I am the biggest weenie Mm. when it comes to paranormal um, television and films. There is this one, well... (laughs) there's this one, like no one's going to know what I'm talking about, but Poltergeist. Um, <laughs> what movie is that? One I've never heard of movie, that. You know, it's just this one little film. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Some but, old man in it and some little girl on a TV. It's all right. I'm just, you know, this, there's a tree that is like scary in it, but anywho, nope. no, um, sounds I like a Scooby-Doo want- episode. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> But I watched uh, about 10 minutes and that's not even enough to really get that scared in Poltergeist. Of of Poltergeist, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, And this was the original, not the, I won't go anywhere near the reboot because I know better than that. Okay. Anyway, my sister 
made me watch like the first few minutes of it. And I was so terrified knowing that it was going to be about ghosts and whatnot that I just, and I cried and had nightmares. So (laughs) that's a little background. I never really went into why I'm such a big weenie when it comes to paranormal stuff. Yeah. Especially with the ghost stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, even watching, I couldn't even watch paranormal activity, which is a little bit of (laughs) a joke because it's like, you know, it's not real, but <laughs> I couldn't even go down that road. So anyway, um, when The Haunting came out, I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere near that. And then when, you know, I got together with Jazz and we started like getting to know each other and she was like, you have got to watch this. Just trust me what I tell you. And I was like, you know what? She's got good taste. I'm going to go for it. And I fell in love. Despite the scary ghost stuff, I fell in love with the series. And so when they came out with Bly, I was so excited. I was glad they used the majority of the same cast. Um, I really fell in love with that cast. And so, and just everything about Bly was amazing to me now I still I still was a big weenie when it came to the ghost stuff and I I caught myself looking away like I I have an ear now for when the music starts coming yes it's so true (laughs) yeah I know what's coming so I kind of look away but it's still in my peripheral so I'm not like you know pee my pants while I'm watching (laughs) it but the good thing about this is it's not just about ghosts it's got a really great story to it and I don't think that I could really explain it well enough to do it justice. It was just so well done. And like I said, I love the cast. Uh, Victoria Pedretti. Is that how you say her last name? I think so. Yeah. Um, I love her. She was also in um, season two of You, which is on Netflix. And so... I kind of knew her from that before I started watching The Haunting. And then when I watched The Haunting, I was, again, I was like, no, you're not love from you anymore. You're now, <laughs> you know, Nell or, you know, she was Danny in this season. So, anywho, I I think that this was probably one of the best things that came out of 2020 was that we actually got Bly and we got it during the month of October, which was yes. amazing. It really upped the spook factor for me. <laughs> so yes, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it very much upped the spook factor yeah. for you. <laughs> October is my favorite month of the year, and yet it's the scariest month of the year too. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a conundrum in that way, and I love it. I am. Yes. I'm, very, I'm layered. You're I'm so layered. complex, Mel's. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this was obviously going to make my list. I was hesitant to bring it up because we did just cover it. And so I feel like our listeners definitely know our opinions on it. But like, fuck it. Let's talk about it anyways, you know, because it really was. I agree. One of the best things to come out of this year. And I just like I, I continue to see hate for it from people that are finally getting into it and want it to just be the carbon copy of Hill House, want it to be everything like that first season was. And not enough people let this season stand on its own two legs. And I think that it does have those legs to stand on and it should be judged separately. And you just have to kind of face facts like this was still a horror show, but really at the core, it was about a love story. 
And it's just like with Hill House, that was a story about a family, even though it was a haunting. It was more a story about a family, really. Like the thing that made that so (sighs) haunting was everything that happened with the family. And that's why it stuck with you. And that's why it made such an impact. And then for this one, it was all the love stories. And that's why it was so haunting. And that's why it made such an impact. And so I I don't know. I'm still I'm still not here for all you haters. You can just turn off the show because no, thank you. Um, but like, I, I just thought one of my favorite parts and I'm, I know our listeners will know, but whatever. Um, the episode five where we learn more about Hannah That was just so fantastically done. And, you know, we talked about how it's very reminiscent of the Castle Rock episode, The Queen. Mm -hmm. But I just think that they did it on their own terms as well and made it their own kind of story and and fleshed out this character's background in such an interesting way. I that's one of the best episodes of TV, I think, from this year, for sure, Mm -hmm. as well as episode eight, which I think ended up being your favorite of the season, yes. right? And again, yes. that's another one that just got so much hate. And yet it just added such layers and depth to the show. And it made it, for me, it made it scarier. For me, it gave it more of a reason for this house to feel, again, haunting. It's really the best word right. for it. That's why they chose it as a title. I mean, whatever. Um, but yeah, it it was such a great season. I had so much fun with it. And listen, I'm pretty much always going to be here for queer love stories. So the fact that like the final episode was about these two ladies getting their love on. uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think all too often in shows, we get a lot of like queer love stories that are just, uh, just so entangled with trauma. Like we just get so much trauma with queer love stories. And you knew that this one was going to be sad in some way because it's a horror show. So something was going to happen, right? But we got to see so much of their love before any of that happened. So I think they just did a really good job of kind of skirting that trope of just giving your queer character so much trauma. So that was great too. And yeah. And I also really like that a lot of our theories came true. Always going to be here for a show where we get the theories right. (laughs) That's right. Three snaps. Yes. (laughs) Can't figure out a Scooby-Doo episode, but I can't figure out what you're doing in the haunting. That's right. Well, Scooby-Doo is so advanced, as we've discussed. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's layered just like myself. So <laughs> I feel like if we ever make merch, Mel's, there has to be like a mug or a T-shirt that says Scooby-Doo layers just like Mel's or something yeah, like exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. That was fun to chat about again. Mike, what's the second show on your list? You know, I was going to pick there's there's been a couple shows. I'm honestly not a big fan of the hero kind of the Avengers, et cetera, et cetera. But I found myself falling in love with the boys, which I think you guys have mentioned as it's not a graphic novel, but it's an old comic. And it's just amazing. Again, the character development is good in this, especially from a hatred standpoint, because season one, one of the main characters, oh, without spoiling anything, is Homelander. And if you've paid any attention to anything, he turns out to be a big dick. Okay. And then season two comes around and it's like, can we make a character less likable than Homelander? And somehow or another, they do. And they're these super powered entities. So, of course, it's not it's almost impossible to bring these people down. Right. And it, it adds a, it's 
the boys are a, a group of people that are trying to bring them down without superpowers, though they do have some superpowered friends, etc. But just the it's also a reflection a bit of a lot of what happens now. It's it was almost almost predictive in a lot of ways because you find out this company is doing some bad stuff. Okay. Without giving too much away. And that's pretty early on. You know they're doing bad stuff if you watch the first the first episode of the first season. Yeah. You know this company's not a good company. And but it's okay because people still blindly follow it. And it's like these superheroes are still without I don't want to give away too much of the second season, but I can say it is very much turns society into just a bunch of sycophants of these superheroes and just follow whatever they want to do and they can twist however they want. And people will just blindly go, yes, these are the superheroes. Mm. And it's, it's hard not to give away a lot with this show. So I don't, I, I I mean, you can get spoilery. It's totally fine. I'll do, I'll have show notes that, you know, say when you're talking about this and stuff, but I don't really want to spoilerize it because I've really found the second season to be just fantastic. I will say one spoiler thing. Yeah. I guess, and then you can say spoiler alert is, yeah, let me ask you this, and this is probably a bit tropey, but how can you make a character even less likable than the previously most hated character of all time? What uh, backstory can you give them? Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, gosh, oh, I don't the know. The person that came to my mind was like that they're a rapist or something. Yeah. You know, they don't go down. Well, yeah, the first season, again, spoiler alert, first season, there's not a rapist so to speak but there is a person who performs sexual assault out of pretty much mm. first episode uh they're like oh you want to be part of the boys you have to do something oh god pretty bad like yeah. initiation type thing yeah i wouldn't really call it an initiation as much as well yeah <laughs> yeah well that's that's just the of, first thing that came to my mind <laughs> but yeah the most unlikable character in the second season is they actually have her backstory she pretty much lives for an extremely long time and she was a Nazi. So oh, of course. Oh. Okay. So, so what's so funny is that I was like, well, you'd have to make them Hitler or something. So yeah, well, she <laughs> hangs with, that I know yeah, she, she hangs I with got Nazis. real weird with my rapists. I was like, <laughs> no, but they were I mean, that's all over TV though. Like, you know, how yeah. do you make somebody bad? They're a rapist. It's so yeah, fucking ubiquitous true. now. Yeah. 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 But this whole, this whole season is very much without, I don't, I don't dabble in the po- politics too much, but it is very much. Um, if you see on Twitter where someone particularly follows their tribe, regardless right. of how bad they act, this is pretty much that to a nutshell. Yeah. It's, and it's, you know, again, I try not to get too political on white brackets or anywhere because I don't even like talking about politics, but it is very much reflective of society. And when you watch it, you will definitely go, yeah, it's it's a lot deeper than a superhero show. I think that's that's right. the thing that the boys are so good at. Where don't get me wrong, I love the Umbrella Academy too, but it's I think the boys does a better job of inwardly reflecting society on itself. I'm going to hold up the mirror and go, this is you. And, Mm -hmm. and the heroes are only secondary to the storyline where sometimes I think the umbrella Academy feels like the heroes are the storyline where this is hero centric. Yeah. 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 And this is very hero centric, but it is also 
the, there are a lot of characters that aren't heroes. I think right. in the boys or in the Umbrella Academy, almost everybody that they focus on is a hero. But here, right, actually, right. the primary characters are the non-heroes that are trying to take down the heroes. And it's mm. how do they do that? And it's a very it's it's a great show. It's a great show. That sounds really show, interesting. Yeah, one show I do have to say, at least, and I don't find it to be as great as some people, is The Mandalorian because I find okay. it very good. But if you haven't seen the second season of The Mandalorian and you like Timothy Oliphant as much as I like Timothy Oliphant, please yes, see. we do. You, you don't have to watch, especially if you're familiar with Timothy Oliphant's work in Justified. Yes. You don't have to watch any more of The Mandalorian except the second season, first episode, and you will literally go, this is one of the best things I've ever seen on television in my entire life. Okay. I'm so All right. excited. Oh, man. I, uh, I was listening to, I think it was actually Acadia from our first episode of this series, but I was listening to his Castle Rock Historical Society podcast with Hannah, and I, for some reason they mentioned The Mandalorian, and Acadia said that it's the most Star Wars-y thing that's been out in a long time, like that it feels more like the original three movies. What, what's yeah. your take on that? Yeah. Well, I've actually seen the original three movies in the theater. I am that old. <laughs> Listen, so, I yes. did too. Cause they, they, yeah, before the prequels came out, they brought them they back to theaters. Oh, yeah. That my, don't count. I know, I know, but my parents made sure they were like this. She's got to see them in theaters, even though I'm pretty sure it was the remastered with all that fucking crap added into the Jedi and whatever. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It is very Star Wars-y. And that may be why I'm not the hugest fan is I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. As a kid, I adored Star Wars. Yeah. Because that was totally different than anything I'd ever seen. I was like seven when the first Star Wars came out and you go to the theater and everything's blowing up and you're like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And, you know, Han Solo, of course, you're either Team Luke or Team Han. I was Team Han. So yeah, until and then Boba Fett came out and I've I've talked about Boba Fett extremely on another podcast. But the reason I love Boba Fett is they had an action figure that you had. If you sent in four UPC codes from other Star Wars figures, you could get a Boba Fett and they would send it to you. It wasn't even for sale. So, yeah, I got my action figures. I sent them off and I waited in the mail, which actually you. When you're a kid, you want to get shit in the mail. When yes, you're an adult, yeah. you're like, I don't want to go to the mailbox. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I unless just remember, it's around your birthday, then maybe you want yeah. some mail. But that's True. the only yeah. time. <laughs> but I remember getting that Boba Fett, and I just I was in love with all those characters, etc. But in hindsight, you know, honestly, I don't find the Star Wars movies to be very interesting. That being said, I find the Mandalorian to be. I'm I'm sorry, Mel's. I, <laughs> I know that you're probably gonna you're probably gonna get a lot of hate mail on that. No. But, I find no. the tropes well, to be overdone. Well, you can send that hate mail to StarWarsHater at WackBrackets.com. That's me. Not I'll own it. <laughs> no, you can own it. I just found the, I don't know, the storyline seems very contrived. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know what? He's your dad, of course. Oh, and also, yeah. this is your sister, of course. Yeah. And just like, that's well, yeah. overdone. I know and what you're saying, yeah. It just felt, everything felt, don't get me wrong, as a kid, I loved it, but I don't understand the adult love for Star Wars that, that people get. Well, I think Leia that, is a great character. I think that the first three had the originality, though, and now that they've yeah. done it so many times, it really does just feel like, okay, really, another Star Wars property? But it's because we don't yeah. want to make new shit anymore. Everybody just wants right. to fucking reboot everything. But those original yeah. three movies, I think, and especially yeah. for the time that they were coming out, they had something new. They had something fresh. Yeah, and they did. And yeah. they they like melded universes together in such a cool way. But, but I get it. I There's definite th- Star Wars fatigue. 
Yeah. And I think that's where the Mandalorian does a good job is that he is not, uh, he's kind of like Han Solo on steroids in a way. He's, mm. he's got a moral compass, but he's also kind of shady and he's, uh, but then you get introduced to a lot of unique characters. I, and this is probably, of course you have a TV show podcast, but a lot of people love movies. I don't like movies. I've had this discussion with other podcasters before is because you have to wrap it up in a certain period Ugh, of time. You have to, it's, the worst. it's like, okay, two hours at most, two and a half for exhaustingly boring movies. But you know, an hour and 45 minutes is kind of a good movie. But then if you don't, don't know the characters, you have to build the characters, et cetera, et cetera. You get a series and you can go on and on, really yes. build the layers of the characters. So I love TV series. I don't like movies at all. And I think that's where Star Wars fell flat in some ways. Where The Mandalorian, again, I think is a little overrated. But I say that by saying that I actually still really enjoy it. I look forward to it. And I've even got to the point that I like that stupid little baby Yoda guy. Oh, man. <laughs> he is adorable. The child. The, the child. child. He has a name now. So his Oh. Name is, his name is Grogu. Grogu. All right. Grogu. Interesting. All right. I thought you were going to say Grover. <laughs> and I was like, I think they did that, though. <laughs> Somehow Grover seems familiar. I don't know where I've heard it before, though. My name oh. is not Grover. <laughs> Grover, my well, name is not. Some I shit like say, that. You're not going to get hate on the Star Wars thing because I received the hate when I said that Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> It's one of my favorite Star Wars oh, movies. Fuck, I almost forgot this. I think I wiped that from my memory, Mel's. Jasmine was like... <laughs> we we were doing a live, weren't we? And I just, yes. I didn't know what to do. She was like, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't. But so listen, again, most embarrassing. I will tell you that I... I can't figure out Scooby-Doo mysteries. <laughs> and for some reason, I cry every time I watch Revenge of the Sith. Oh, and my God, I, girl. No. <laughs> it's because it's so bad. You're crying because yeah, you realize okay, how much okay. of your time you're wasting. Oh, God. I'm just dying because, I mean, like, it it is a deep, dark secret of mine that I don't mind sharing, though, because it's like, hey, you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm sorry that I want to see... Uh, <laughs> Dar's legs get burned off and I want to cry about it. Okay. Like just leave me alone about it. People. No, just decent. Oh my God. I just, I'll never forget. It's the one where Luke and Leia are born, right? It's the third yes, one in that series. Yeah. I just hate how she names them. She's like, Luke, Leia. It just felt like so silly that like, you knew that was coming and it just, it was so contrived. And I, oh, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why I couldn't just, Luke go by his middle name or something? His name is really like Charlie. I'm going to call it. you Charlie. Your middle name's Luke. Love it. And then you're yeah. just going to refer to as Luke later on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway, so don't worry, Mike. I've already shamed the Star Wars world with, <laughs> with oh, that. So, Well, Star Wars lovers, you can still depend on me. I mean, unless you like all the new shit, then no, we're not friends. It's only the old shit. So I guess we're all You're a terrible, of, horrible all person if you like the new stuff. <laughs> yeah, what he said. So anyways, uh, oh. okay. Well, that that was a, an awesome tangent. I really enjoyed that. I think we were talking about the boys, though. Did you have anything, like yeah. any final thoughts on that? I really don't. Uh, it's one of those shows. It's got so much going on to it. it Episode to episode, it does a great job of carrying on the previous episode. 
And there's some somewhat redemption with some characters, but then maybe not redemption. And there's a whole angle where they're dealing with something that resembles Scientology with some of the ex superheroes. And it's, mm. oh, and it does have uh, Gus Fring in it. So that's good. Cool. As does the Mandalorian. So he's all over the place. Oh, he's working. Good for him. He's back. He's yeah, back. He's, yeah, he's, he's literally in almost every show I've got listed here. He's the Mandalorian, the boys, and Better Call Saul. Wow. He was not in Scooby Doo, I don't believe. I don't know. Still I'm going to have to go rewatch all those episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, by and large, The Boys is just a great show. And it's it's very thought provoking as far as just does a good job of makes you wonder what the hell's going on sometimes. <laughs> so yeah. Without, yeah. Again, without getting too political or without getting giving away a whole bunch of stuff. And I think that's the thing with The Boys is I think you have to involve, you have to get into the storyline. And, and if I tell you thing, this thing and how it doesn't relate to this thing, it's going to lose some of that. But one of my favorite scenes, and I'm not spoiling anything here, is because this was on the second, this was on the previews for the second season, is they actually drive a speedboat through a whale. So, okay. So yeah. Very nice. Yeah, you'll have to look up the preview for the second season because, yeah, they drive a speedboat through a whale. And it's, <laughs> that oh, sounds and, fun. And, I like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's great. Love the show. Uh, it's not as good as Better Call Saul, but it's it's a good one. No, it sounds super interesting. And I like the way you were kind of comparing it to Umbrella Academy. Um, I, I mean, I just feel like Umbrella Academy does its best with some of the more political, historical type stuff. But I think overall, that's just more of a fun yeah. entertainment superhero kind of show where it sounds like the boys yeah. is really actually you know, like you said, putting up that mirror and actually making you yeah. ask some questions, get a little bit introspective about things maybe. So I'm always here yeah. for a show that does that. Yeah. yeah. And you don't always walk away from the boys feeling good. Mm, it's, okay. You, yeah. You feel kind of scummy. Gotcha. Like, I uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that because I like things that don't just always end all yeah. like happy crappy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you kind of want to walk away sometimes and be like, ooh, like I don't yeah. know about that. But yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you know, one of the one of my favorite shows of all time is Twin Peaks, and you don't walk away from that feeling like fucking butterflies and rainbows every time. So <laughs> yeah, that's I totally sure. get that. All right. Well, I thought maybe to close things out, we could just chat a little bit about what we're watching right now. And I will kick us off because I'm going to do a little bit of time traveling and I'm going to pretend that this episode or that we're recording this episode closer to when it's actually going to air. And so I'm going to say that I've been watching The Stand and that I am loving it and that I can't wait to cover it. And you should check out our show when we cover it. <laughs> I think I'm going to cry. Oh, I've never been so excited for something. Actually, I was telling Jasmine that the last time I got this excited about something was when Castle Rock was coming out. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I have like a timer app and I'm like, oh man, only so many more days until I get to see the first episode of The Stand. It's and I've so been soon. Like, I cannot wait. And that's why I'm speed reading through the novel again. Because yeah. I'm like, I, I really want to be able to pinpoint the things that they've changed because I'm already just based on looking at the cast list and stuff like that. I already can tell like, Oh, I probably would have never actually realized that if I had to gave this another reread. So 
but um well yeah man, and I, I think I mean I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the adaptive process and everything that's happening there and I'm sure that our listeners will be excited to hear that as well so yeah oh, I, I hope I do it justice oh and you I hope will I'm not, like every you know every episode I'm just like oh gosh this was the best <laughs> amazing thing I've ever seen in my life well so. I wonder if we should have like a special fangirl section so we'll have like a five minute <laughs> fangirl at the top of every episode and you can just get it all out okay that'll be good <laughs> that'll be good so Mel's, I don't know if you want to talk about something that you're watching in real time or in my time travel fantasy, but well, I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm not, I'm not actually currently watching anything. I, I've the last thing I watched was the Queen's. I know, I know, <laughs> it was the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about that in the first um, episode of this series. Um, it. It wrapped up very nicely. I really enjoyed it. It was a really good story. Um, but right now I'm kind of focusing my time on reading and mm-hmm. really preparing myself for the stand. So that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and, you know, that's sorry. No, that's just, it's fine. TV's taking just a little bit of a back burner to that right now. <laughs> that's OK. It's about to kick off in, you know, a week. Right. We're going to have the stand. Yes. We're going to have chilling adventures. We have a lot coming up in the new year. Yes. So. What about you, Mike? What are you watching right now? Uh, Well, I think that's the unfortunate thing is that I am through most of my shows now. (laughs) So so I get the new shows. (laughs) Mandalorian's about ready to end. Right. I did just finish off the streaming of Wayne, which I mentioned earlier. And it's it's a good show. It was fun. But right now I'm just going back to an old favorite that I've never rewatched. I've never rewatched it, so this will be interesting. I do rewatch a lot of shows. I've rewatched Patriot many times. I've rewatched Justified many times. And one character that is in Justified is Walton Goggins. Uh, he is yes, Boyd Crowder. I love him so much. He was in a show called The Shield, and it's eight seasons, uh-huh. and it's oh, yeah, really yeah. gritty. And so I'm going back now. I'm actually on the second episode of the first season of The Shield, which is going to give me eight seasons to rewatch. So that's what I'm watching nice. now. Nice. Very nice. Big Mackey's a dick. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I have to ask, so you're a big Walton Goggins fan then. Mm -hmm. Did you watch The Righteous Gemstones? I did. (laughs) did. He's great as, uh, what is it, Baby Billy? Brother brother Baby Billy. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, he's he's Um, awesome. And he's also in, have you seen Vice Principals? Yes, I love that one. I love anything that Danny McBride does because I have Oh, yeah, he's a nut. I have the humor level of like a fifth grade boy. So <laughs> anything that he does. What are you saying about I, Mike here? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I love Eastbound and Down. Have you seen that? I do, yes, I yes, saw that. Yeah. Well, I, Mike was at one point a fifth grade boy. So I think I was. We're that that just means That's we're a fair on point. the same wavelength. Yeah. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure I've ever gotten to the fifth grade level of maturity. I'm still probably <laughs> dabbling on the third to fourth. But that said, I still do. I still do partake in the Danny McBrides of the world. He's oh he's hilarious. Oh my gosh. But yeah, Walton Goggins, I love him. Like anything he does, I will watch. I mean, I love Justified and that's mm. what really, actually he got, I got started on him from Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah. And then I started watching Justified and then all of his, you know, so then I just started watching everything that he's possibly, been. I haven't watched The Unicorn. It doesn't look good. I, uh, it just looks like a, Typical it comedy. Look good. Yeah. No. So I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I can follow you on that journey, 
but yeah. I will just keep rewatching all the things that you've been in that I do love. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this will be an interesting rewatch on the shield because Shane Vendrell is just, I, of course we could talk about the shield all day and yeah. what I can remember. I haven't watched it in years, but yeah. You feel like Vic pushes Shane into a corner and Shane's just responding, but then even so, yeah, but so you almost feel bad for, for our man Walton's character, but in reality, he's not a good person in that show. No, no. no. (laughs) Well, I don't know anything about the shield, but I hope you enjoy your (laughs) rewatch. Oh, I will. I will. It's, it's a, the one thing about the shield that's so great is it's one of those first shows I, I get liking it to The Sopranos. And I'm not a huge Sopranos okay. fan. I'm probably going to get hate mail about this as Uh-oh. well. But I'm not a big Sopranos fan. It's good-ish. But the thing that you do have to give shows like The Shield and The Sopranos is they were kind of the first shows that were really kind of gritty. Right. And I think that without the shows like The Shield and like The Sopranos, we would have never gotten the Breaking Bads or the Better Call Saul's yeah. of the world. So they yeah. did a good job of layering the, the groundwork. And The Shield was... Like nothing, I can't imagine. I didn't watch it when it first came out, but I watched it after the fact. And I was, I was trying to figure out the original release date. I was like, I don't remember anything on TV like this. This is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, the fact that they were able to kind of do that and really open up a lot of interesting television by saying, yeah, you can do this and, and kind of this gritty, realistic attempt mm-hmm. at, at Focusing on the world yeah. is, is worth worth seeing, and people will watch it, much like The Wire. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's interesting that you put the shield up there with those shows because so I've never seen The Sopranos either, and I kind of like feel like I'm a bad TV critic, quote unquote, <laughs> because I've never seen The Sopranos, and it's such a, a cornerstone of what TV is now today. But like, yeah, one of my favorite critics, Alan Sepinwall. I mean, among other shows, but he often says like the Sopranos and Buffy the Vampire Slayer paved the way for what TV is now just by what they were able to, quote unquote, get away with, especially. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they neither of them were really on like a cable. But anyways, just the, the, the stuff that they were doing in those shows is what made it okay for other shows to start doing what they were going to do. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool to see that you're putting the shield up there with that show, and maybe I'll like skip the Sopranos and just go right to that. <laughs> I would say the shield is a better show to me. Yeah, I'm sure that I would get I've, a lot of I've, hate for that, but I don't know, Mel. Have you seen the Sopranos? I feel like we've talked about oh. this before, but yeah, I've yeah. seen it more than once. Oh yeah. Um, well, I've just never had any like I don't know. I've never been like <sighs> chomping at the bit to get into the Sopranos. There are shows that are better than The Sopranos, but I think, okay, so I would tell y'all, so when we finally did get Cable, this is a continuation of last of the last episode. <laughs> when you got rid of when your we, possum? When we got rid of the possum Aww. in the box, and we did get Cable, yeah, finally. Yeah. Um, my, we got the, like, the free month or whatever of sure, the... Sure. Pay channels is what they called them, right? So it was like HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, whatever. And I remember just being in my room, like, and it was being like later at night or whatever. And I'm just like flipping through the channels because I don't have anything, you know, like I can't sleep or whatever because I'm an insomniac also. But anyway, um, flipping through the channels and coming across the Sopranos and it 
wasn't the first show I'd ever watched. The first one that really brought me in is obviously I've told said this before, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. But like I watched an episode of Sopranos and I was like, I kind of want more. And so then I started like, but it, it was already like three seasons in by this point. It wasn't like right. brand new. And this was, uh, wait, don't even ask me. My parents still don't have a DVD player. Okay. So like this is before DVDs <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. So I, I kind of watched it out of order. I didn't watch it in order, which mm. yeah, wasn't the best way to do it. But anyway, when I did a rewatch after I got married, because my husband had never seen The Sopranos, I did my first rewatch of it. And I watched it from the beginning all the way through. And I mean, yeah, like I said, there are shows better than that. But it is one of those shows that I really hold high up yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Because it's from, I mean, it's an old show now, you know, but yeah. and I think it, yeah, it really helped other shows, you know, like Mike was saying, I don't think we would have a Breaking Bad without a show like The Sopranos, so. Right. And I could have the timing wrong on The Shield. I mean, I'm, I think it may have come out after The Sopranos started, but still, I think it actually took, it kind of took The Sopranos because it was on cable television. It wasn't right. on, it wasn't on HBO. It was on yeah. a regular channel. Yeah. So I think. I think it still counts. It's just- yes, it does. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I guess that wraps things up for this episode. Um, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes. Thank what you a blast. Guys for uh, this, this has been a blast for me. I really enjoy, like I said, being on other people's episodes, but especially with you guys. Uh, you guys are some of my favorite podcasters out there, of course. Um, a few others that I won't mention, except the Center Cut guys, because I throw their name around way too much. But but they're good dudes. But yeah, I really do yeah. enjoy being on the show, and it's it's fun to do something other than whack brackets all the time. And try to try oh, to yeah, get my big sure. boy words to, in order and try to put <laughs> a thought together that doesn't have to wrap in ten seconds. So. Fair enough. Well, we're happy to give you the outlet. Yes. Thank you. Yes. And I mean, speaking of your show, we are actually about to record an episode of your show. Can I, yes. I don't know when it'll come out. Can I tease the topic? Go right ahead. Uh, I still have quite a few episodes in the bag. So yours may not come out until February even. So yeah, go ahead and tease it all you want. So we are going to be doing an office themed uh, bracket, but just a mini bracket. You call them snack brackets, right? Yeah, and I'm actually going to probably start moving to that format more just because recording yeah. snack brackets and big brackets, it's uh, it's too exhausting time-wise. So uh, yeah, fair start, enough. For a while, at least, pare down to, to primarily mini brackets. So, yeah, snack brackets. Cool. Well, I'm really excited to do that. So, yeah, listeners, stay tuned for that. And since I have remembered, why don't you just really quickly tell everyone where they can find you and find the show? Okay, well, I will do that again because you're giving me the platform that you can reach me on all the places again that you can get podcasts. So if you're on Spotify, look for Whack Brackets on Spotify. And that's W-A-C-K, not W-H-A-C-K, because there's a difference between whack as in wacky and whacking as in beating the shit out of somebody. (laughs) (laughs) No one is injured during my show, at least not that I'm aware of. (laughs) Whatever the guests are doing on their end, I can't speak to that. But long story short, you can get me on the Spotify's, the Apple's, typical podcast things, get on Podcast Addict and check me out there. Uh, Episodes generally drop on Mondays. And if I have a special episode, it generally drops on Thursdays. So there you go. Awesome. Very cool. Every week. 
And I thought because, you know, on your show, you usually let the guests have the final goodbye. So I figured yeah. Mel's and I would say goodbye first and we'd let you say goodbye last. So we'll see you next time, listeners. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See ya. I don't know why I waved. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Damn Fine TV podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Come hang out with us on Instagram and Twitter at Damn Fine TV. You can find me on Instagram at Damn Fine Witch and Mel's at Superficial Mel's. And if you're watching TV, make sure it's Damn Fine TV. Damn Fine TV. I don't think that you can get too much Twin Peaks. Well, Jasmine, is it okay if we overlap a little bit? Because I was going to talk about Bly. Is it okay for us to overlap that just a bit? <laughs> there he is. Knock? Can you <laughs> yeah. hear him knocking? I heard that okay. knock, yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't hear it before, though, so. Okay, good. That's easy right. enough to take out anyway. Well, this will get cut out. This will get cut out, so. I'm so sorry. Y'all, hold on one second. <laughs> You're fine. <Okay. laughs> hold on one second. What's he up to? I don't Just know. Fooling around. Me, yeah. 